0: You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show.
1: Gutter tramps, and when he said that, people were coming, wanting to come over the barricades to get to him, <laughs> and he just, I couldn't, I, I had to turn away. I tell you, it was another interesting, I don't know if you remember, a tag team duo by the name of the Wow Samoans. It was yeah. Alpha and Sika were their names. Well, one of them, and I can't remember exactly which one, one was a better interview than the other was, and this guy just knew what to say to push the buttons of the people that were around the barricades, and oh, my God, it was just, it was unbelievable. We used to tape two one-hour shows a night when we, would, uh, when we would film and we would do it at the Landmark Hotel in Metairie. And we would come on at 11.30 on Saturday mornings. And Terry Funk gave me the nickname of Rockin' Rick Mocklin. And sometimes I would be in grocery stores and you'd see kids and they go, and I could hear them telling their mom, that's Rockin' Rick over there. <laughs> it was amazing. It was just amazing how much fun it was.
2: Man, I think we could do a whole show on this. We may have to do that this summer. All right, Rock and Rick Mochlin. Uh, we usually make you all do right. a, a funny call. Let's just let's push all the shenanigans to the side. Give us what it's going to sound like come tomorrow, and will we have a, a horse still in the running for the Triple Crown? This is uh, we're going to
1: happen. All right, As turning for home. It's Justify who's been on the lead from the start. Justify and Mike Smith in front by two and a half. Good Magic is second, and Diamond King races in third, Bravazzo fourth on the outside. Lone Sailor now moves to the middle of the racetrack. They come to mid-stretch with an eighth of a mile to go, and Justify is on cruise control. He's in front by three. Mike Smith looks back over his shoulder, shakes the whip at Justify. He's going to come to the line undefeated and going on to the Belmont Stakes to try and capture the Triple Crown Justify Cruises Home wins it easily by three lengths. Good Magic was second Diamond King finished third. And Lone Sailor was a distant fourth.
2: Rick, you're the best. We'll yell at you in a couple weeks.
1: Okay, guys. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll be talking about a possible Triple Crown winner in three weeks.
2: Sounds and great. And you're going to you're gonna have to work on a new song, too.
1: I, I am. Mm-hmm. You know, believe it or not, I was thinking what would kind of sound like justify. And I came up with something popped in my head. The song that the Bee Gees do called Gravity. I might be able to do something with that, but I certainly won't be able to sing it because I can't get that high. So we'll uh, we'll see. I'm going to try and come up with something if it happens.
2: Look forward to it. Thank you, bud. Have a great weekend. All right,
1: buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: <laughs> Richie, Richie Texans says, Now we know Sika as the father of Roman Reigns. <laughs> Which is true, sadly. Tyler uh,
2: says that was radio gold.
3: That was good. Uh, I, I wonder how many riots he saw back in the day. That's what I want to know. I
2: want to hear more of the stories from uh, pro wrestling. I, I got there.
3: to because that was when, you know, uh, if, if you had good heat, you got a riot. Like, that's what people considered good heat, when people were trying to jump over the rail and, and get you. So, uh, I want to hear those stories. Rockin' Rick Motlin.
2: There's only one of them. Coming up next, you'll hear from Isaiah Bugs, the former Rustin standout, as he returns back to Northeast Louisiana with a national championship ring. The Morning Drive is back after this.
0: I'm John Schriffen with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott says he's not worried about getting a contract extension. His only focus is taking care of business on the field. Cleveland's top pick quarterback Baker Mayfield will be the headliner of this season's Hard Knocks. The NFL film series will be with the Browns during training camp. Watch how it all unfolds starting August the 7th. 49ers linebacker Reuben Foster is facing felony charges of domestic violence. But in the courtroom Thursday during the preliminary hearing, his accuser recanted her story, saying she lied a lot to authorities after Foster broke up with her. The judge is expected to decide next week if this case will go to a jury trial. The Super Bowl champion Eagles will go to the White House. NFL Network's Mike Garofalo received a message from an Eagles spokesman saying, quote, we are in the process of working through the logistics of a trip to Washington, D.C., including a visit to the White House on June the 5th. This has been NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Right now, buy Ortho's Home Defense Insect Killer with Wand at the Home Depot and get a free refill. Good news for you. Final notice for Bugs. Home defense kills bugs where they live, where
2: you live, and prevents new ones from moving in, all for up to 12 months. Remember,
0: it's your house. You make the rules. Get a free refill when you purchase Ortho Home Defense with WAND at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit two per customer in-store only. Selection varies by store. You wouldn't put a square peg in a round hole, so why would you deploy a traditional firewall in a modern decentralized network? Firewalls have new requirements for businesses leveraging SaaS-based applications and public cloud platforms like AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud. We're in the cloud generation now, so your firewalls have to be engineered to fit right in. Reclaim your cloud network. Try a Barracuda cloud generation network or application firewall free at barracuda.com. If you or a
4: loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe.
0: It's 8 o'clock. At KNBB Dubak Ruston Monroe. Time for the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe.
2: Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group 1 early studio in West Monroe. John Tabor doing a fine job back at the Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. We're going to put Tabes to work now. We are certainly going to put him to the test. As, uh, we have a couple clips from Isaiah Bugs. Of course, the former Rustin standout, he has now made his way over to Alabama, went through uh, the Juco ranks to get there. And, of course, big things are expected out of Bugs next year. I mean, this is a kid that started 13 games last year for that salty defense for the Tide.
3: And was very, very good for that defense. So, yeah, uh, he's going to be one of the guys that you really focus on this year when you're previewing Alabama and what they, they're going to be able to do this season.
2: All right, so I had an opportunity to sit down with Isaiah for a lengthy interview. Uh, here's Isaiah on just coming back to Ruston and what it's like to be around Northeast Louisiana once again.
5: I mean, it is a great feeling to come back here, you know, to Ruston, where it all started, you know, all the great coaching staff that helped me along the journey that I had here, you know, and, and I always come back and see where I am now. And, and when I come back, all the kids look up to me. So, you know, it put a smile on their face, it put a smile on my face as well.
2: Do you ever let yourself kind of reminisce a little bit about where you were compared to where you are now?
5: Yeah, it always go through my head, you know, just being able to say that I'm from wrestling, Louisiana. Not that many guys make it from wrestling, Louisiana. It's a small little town. So, you know, being able to be where I'm at now can show the younger guys that they can go and push forward to and get to where I'm at.
2: What's it like when you're in Ruston or in Northeast Louisiana, you're wearing your Alabama stuff and you get to flash the bling? What kind of response do you usually get?
5: Uh, I get a, a, much, a lot of responses like respect to you because they know what type of work I put in, hard work and dedication, you know, because nothing comes easy. You know, no matter what kind of sport it is, nothing comes easy. So, you know, everybody just kind of look up to me and respect the fact that, you know, that I'm doing so with my life.
0: So I, don't th- no he- I don't think anyone's going to mess with
5: you if you're walking down the street. I <laughs> they, they hope not. <laughs> so
2: nobody heckles you anymore about LSU or anything like
5: that? Uh, You know, there'll be a couple of jokes here and there about it, but, you know, it was my decision. It was my choice. You know, I felt like deep down inside I made the right choice, you know. It's not about what everybody else thinks. It's about what you think. So, you know, and I took on and asked God to lead me and guide me. He showed me to Alabama, so that was the best thing he ever did for me.
2: We well, you remember you, of course, in the basketball court and on the football field. At what point in your high school career did you start thinking, hey, maybe I can take this to another level?
5: Uh, my last year, you know, I, I kind of felt like, you know, that I was that guy and I was getting more looks and, and become better at my position, either in basketball or football. And, you know, and I figured that I had a chance to go on to the next level.
2: Bugs, of course, uh, six foot five. Back in uh, high school, he was about 230, 240. Now he's uh, ballooned up to about two eighty. Uh, I don't know. Even LSU diehard fans like Jake Martin over here probably have a hard time saying anything to Isaiah Bugs in front of his face.
3: What? <laughs>
2: Bugs pulled up in his Alabama stuff. You're not like you're gonna say, "Oh yeah, how about LSU, Tiger bait?"
3: Oh, you're saying yeah, like, yeah. Well, I mean. Don't count out the LSU fans, Pat and Drews. They'll still talk (laughs) no matter the situation. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, they have a pretty good program over there at Alabama. Scott Cochran kind of knows what he's doing.
2: So, Isaiah, his senior year at Rustin, I believe he had over 100 tackles. He still had some uh, academic issues that he had to clear up. So, he made his way over to Golf Community College there in, in Mississippi. And, boy, it didn't take long for him to make an impact there. I asked him about playing in the JUCO ranks and what that was like.
5: Um, junior college is a very different life from D1. You know, not as much nice facilities. You know, small dorms. You, it could be three to a room and, and one dorm. You know, and it was kind of hard for me. You know, just to stay in those one and a half year. But I made the best of it, and you know, I just kept on grinding and asked God to lead and guide me, and that's what He did.
2: And certainly, your game and of course your reputation blew up there. At what point did you start figuring out colleges are certainly taking a bigger look at you?
5: Um, the spring practice of my next season, my last season at Gulf Coast, you know, I had some of the great coaches there, you know, pushing me, uh, Steve Moore, Irvin Moore, you know, all those guys, Coach Davis, all those guys up there at Gulf Coast, you know, they pushed me and they pushed me, and they pushed me, because they seen the best in me, you know, even when I wanted to quit, they, you know, they, they rolled my tail all the way, you know, and, and it paid off.
2: How tough was that conference in the junior college ranks, because it's known across the country?
5: Uh, It was one of the top junior junior colleges in the country, you know. We had a lot of competition in East Mississippi and and just so on and so forth, you know. All we had to do was just stay focused and and continue to play our game, but it was a tough conference.
2: And then, of course, you are projected as the number one recruit in the junior college ranks when you got that title. How cool was that?
5: That was cool to be able to transfer from junior college to Alabama. And most people thought I wasn't going to play, but me able to come in and transfer and start off the back for Alabama, that shows a lot and what I can do, and it's just a blessing.
2: Being a dominating force in the junior college ranks is one thing. Going to Alabama and, of course, making an impact on that defense is another. He certainly did that, Jake, with the, the 13 starts, and he was a force up front. I asked uh, Isaiah about arriving on that Alabama campus and what that was like.
5: It wasn't difficult, but it was difficult because I knew what I was getting to. You know, I, I was already watching a couple of practices and looking up film and stuff on them. And I knew that Coach Saban is all about work, you know, and all about finishing. And, you know, that's what I want. I want to take the hard way, not the easy way out. So, you know, playing under Coach Saban, you know, it shows me how to be a man and it's building me up how to be a man and, and respecting the game, respecting him as a coach.
2: Your work ethic, how has it improved since when you were here at Rustin compared to now in Alabama?
5: Uh, it's improved tremendously, you know, me knowing what I have to do at Alabama because I know if I don't do it right, they can find somebody else to, to take my, my place. So, I got to do it right all the time when no one's looking.
2: Made 13 starts last year, what was that like as the season progressed and of course your confidence grew?
5: Oh, uh, you know, my first game I was kind of shaky, you know, but but as the season progressing and got on, I knew that that hey, it's time to let go of the and, and play your game and, and, and play the right football. So. That's what I did, and, and, and they liked it. My word, they, and they kept me out there, so that's what I'm going to continue to do.
2: What's it like knowing every Saturday everybody can tune in around here and your friends and family can watch you uh, every single week on national TV? Uh,
5: oh, it's a great feeling because I know they're going to watch and I know they're looking forward to me doing good. And, you know, after every game or before every game, they're going to send me texts, you know, that they are proud of me and, and, and that keeps me going all throughout the season. You know, those people that I know looking up to me and, you know, have much respect for me, that keeps me going throughout the season
2: this national championship run for you guys last year, how much fun was it when you are in the midst of
5: it? Man, it was so much fun, you know, just being able to go to different places and, and see different things, you know, the experience we had in New Orleans and the experience we had in Atlanta. You know, we met a lot of people, you know, it was a great feeling and be able to come out on top. It's a blessing.
2: You're down in that national championship game. How concerned were you?
5: Uh, us as the Alabama football team, we weren't concerned because we've been in situations like that you know, and, and all we got to do is be coachable. And as we did, we was being coachable under Coach Saving. Uh, defense uh, stepped up towards the end of the game and, and made some big stops for us to win the game.
2: That moment when you guys win the title you see him streaking into the end zone, what was that like?
5: Man, that was the best feeling in the world because just looking back all on what I've been through and what on some of the other teammates been through. You know, some of our teammates never won a championship, as included myself. You know, and it was just a great experience, you know, seeing that ball going through the air and in the end zone at that moment. I knew we had one.
2: Isaiah, of course, a huge junior year. Much more expected of him, though, is senior year. You look at this Alabama squad. I believe what it was an SEC record 12 players selected in this past draft, a number of those coming on the defensive side of the ball. I asked Isaiah about next year and kind of the expectations and goals that he has.
5: Uh, the same thing, you No, know, nothing's going to change. Worthick every day, come in, work hard, and, you know, be the best player I can be. You know, don't take plays off, and everything going to fall in in place. Uh,
2: Northeast Louisiana has had a pipeline, or Alabama has this area. I mean, you look at Cam, you look at Hootie, you look at Cam Sims, and, of course, now it's just you and Slade. Uh, how do you get more players from this area to go to Alabama?
5: Uh, like I say, just come in every day, work hard, and grind, and do what you're supposed to do. Is all going to fall in place because the coach is going to go out and recruit the best. So if you become the best in your school and the best in your class and the best in your city, you're going to get noticed. So just keep working.
2: Is that kind of the message to these guys, uh, considering where you were at and where you're at now when you, you run into some of these Bearcats? Yeah,
5: that's the, that's the biggest thing And grades and graduating. You know, most guys, you know, they forget about the grades, probably, but at the end of the day, that's the most important thing, you know, get the grades. Because no, you can be the best player in the country, and the coaches come in they say you don't have the grades, they're going to go find somebody else. Same way on the field, if, if you're not progressing and doing what you're supposed to do, your job could be taken by somebody else.
2: And then finally, Jake, uh, you may not realize this, Isaiah has a pretty unique talent. He's good on the piano. So this recruiting battle is taking place between LSU and Alabama to land Isaiah Bugs from the junior college ranks. Mm-hmm. So he's invited over to uh, Nick Saban's house. Nick and Terry, they're hanging out. and. Uh, Terry has a piano and she starts playing. So guess what? Isaiah joins in. Here's Isaiah on when Nick Saban learned that he could play the piano.
5: Yeah, I have some musical talent. You know, music is, is my way of getting, you know, by myself and you know, it's relieving all the stress and stuff that I have sometimes that's built up on me. So, as music is it's another world that I live in. So, it's a great experience there too.
2: So, piano?
5: Piano, singing. The whole nine yards.
2: Are you ever asked to perform then in front of the Alabama squad?
5: Oh uh, yeah, I don't perform a couple of songs in front of them, and you know, and they they all they all love my music. So you know they, you know they strive for me to do best on the field and with the music. So I'm just kind of taking both of them to the next level.
2: I heard a couple stories when you were being recruited by Saban. I think he was a little shocked too at your, at your talent. Yep, yeah, was that?
5: that was the first time uh, Coach Saban ever heard me play the piano. Was at his house, yeah. uh, and, and that was a great experience. And he didn't know I could do that. So, you know, once he found out I could do that, he really loved me then.
2: <laughs> how did that all start with the piano?
5: Uh his his wife, Miss Terry, you know, she, she know how to play the piano and I heard her in there playing and then I got in and I started playing with her. So that was a great experience as well.
2: Do you think about this time maybe next year and where you could be and what you could be doing at that point?
5: Uh, you know, everybody always come and ask me uh, why I didn't come out for the draft this year, but I I look at it as in, you know, I'm not i'm not in a rush you know to, to to get to that level yet you know i'm steady progressing i'm steady trying to you know finish college and live college life because you only get that one time you know and i want to come back and, and with the fellowship with the family and friends and, you know just just graduating from college the main thing so i want to have that under my belt that that isaiah buzz graduated from alabama
2: then and, do you dream about the call the announcement on the podium perhaps the commissioner
5: Yeah, I dream about it all the time. You know, I dream about it every day, and that actually gives me motivation to work harder, you know. You know, and and I know that my name's going to be called. It's it's all going to be up to to the man above, whether he wanted to be called or not. All I can do is control what I control, keep working and and grinding, and everything going to pay off.
2: A lot of big games, of course, next year. Everybody looks at October 3rd, I believe. You guys make a trip to LSU. How special will that be for you?
5: Uh, That was, it's going to be real special. I know it's going to be a crazy game, you know. I know I'm going to kind of get a lot of booze and nods, but that's hey, life. But, you know, i got to go in and, and play my game and do what I can do best.
2: Can you put into words how passionate Alabama fans
5: are? Alabama fans are passionate. You know, win, lose, or draw, they, they're going to ride with us, and, and that's what we like. They're going to travel with us. You know, just about every game, we, we have just as many fans as the other team does, and, and that's a great thing. That's what I like about Alabama.
2: Isaiah Bucks, good stuff, uh, November 3rd. LSU Alabama how often do we see it a kid signs uh, the junior college and we kind of lose contact with them and of course it doesn't pan out and they return home and of course then they have to find a job how about guys like Isaiah Bugs, where it worked he got the work done in the classroom and now he's paying he's, he's getting rewarded for what he's doing at Alabama
3: absolutely also I want to revisit that championship game this summer because we didn't want to initially call it the best or one of the best because it was so fresh i think if we revisit it it's got to be top three best championship games right mm. something to do this summer
2: mm. uh, we all know what the number one game was though
3: texas usc yeah i agree yeah.
2: if you want to see the uh, tv version of that interview with isaiah bugs go to Kane.com. let's take a time out coming up next familiar voice rejoins us ben mints with a story or two coming up next you can hit us up at 888-993-7762 all right jake you're going back to some of your favorite moments from this uh past uh, lhsa season Uh, of course some incredible games uh there was a moment that took place uh, this past year and i still get a chuckle when i hear it uh airline versus santa Monica, and our man uh, ben mints down there doing a radio broadcast and I guess you would say an angry Cajun got a little upset with uh, how excited Ben got at the end of the game. We want to replay this because this is certainly worth a chuckle. One of the favorite moments from last year. Sweep
6: by number 14. It is his fourth playoff touchdown of over 54 yards in two games for the Viking star senior receiver. And your new score It's Airline 27, St. Amon 13, with 251 left in the third quarter. On an amazing run by Kobe McGee. Hey, if y'all can't keep
1: the keep the Nord down up here, stomping, I'm gonna get y'all out
5: out of here.
6: Your new score. You're airline here. Airline 27. I stomping, I don't care. St. Ama 13. I'm uh air, Airline Tinkus kicker. All the way down the I don't care if you're on the radio or not. Tinkus well, now on the field, on the, field <laughs> on the on the field to kick the extra point for the Vikings. Kick <laughs> is up. Kick is good. Uh, Your new score.
2: <laughs>
6: Airline 28, now leading. Thir- uh, it's 28-13. We're going to take a 60-second timeout. Your new score, Airline 28-13 over St. Amar. Listen, Airline Vikings playoff football, 100.7 FM The ticket.
2: Oh, it's still one of my favorite moments. Ben Mintz joins us on the Stuart Shelby hotline. Ben, it doesn't matter how many times I hear that. It still gets me going. How are you doing this morning, uh, hey. bud?
6: I want to thank you for having me back on the morning drive. Feels like old times. I uh, just excited to be here. And that man, that clip, I was laughing so hard when you played that a second ago. I think the funniest part—the guy slapped me. Like the radio part didn't pick this up. I got slapped on the back and shoulder, and I was like at a hundred level energy. And then you hear me stuttering because I'm just flustered. I had no idea what to do. You know? And he was yelling. He slapped me. And I think that's almost the funniest part of it was just me trying to keep it together on the air.
2: Uh, well, you've been working out now, so I mean, he wouldn't dare touch Ben many cases <laughs> if We had a rematch, right? <laughs> I don't know. I
6: don't. I don't like messing with angry, angry Cajuns Panama. <laughs> That's not some. Some battles in life, I don't think are ever worth fighting. I don't think I could
2: really win that one. Oh, oh man, that was good stuff. Hey, uh, let's talk a little football. I know you were at uh, Airline and Washita uh, Spring Game uh, last night. Uh, any major talking points or anything that uh, yeah. you know pops to mind?
6: I've got. A, a few. First of all, I don't know, you know, as much about Washita's personnel, obviously, as I do airline, because I do radio for airline. But just on the hoof, Wachita is so fast. I mean, they've got a great track and field team, and you can just see their speed. And also, this is just an observation that I think is a good talking point for y'all. Monroe, the Monroe area offensive lines and D lines are always so much bigger than the Shreveport-Bosier ones. And I don't know if it's the late programs, or a lot better, but you look at West Monroe and Sterlington and Washtaw and it just seems like other than Evangel over there, there's just a massive size difference every time you see these Monday Streetport Shreveport games, and I thought, you know, Washita was a lot bigger than Airline last night. On the Airline side, it was good to see their quarterback, Brad Freem, who broke his left collarbone against Evangel midseason last year. Just good to see him back out there playing. He made some good throws. He kind of mm-hmm. fumbled a couple snaps. I mean, it's the spring game. It was a little sloppy. Uh, airline's got a big quarterback battle with him and Jordan Gladney who led the playoff run. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things, where it's, it's great to have two quarterbacks, but, you know, Gladney had a lot of success. Freem's a six-three, two-twenty 220 pocket passer. I'm real curious to see how Bo Meek is going to handle it.
2: All right, Ben, uh, you got a legitimate job now doing some great work over there in radio in the Shreveport area. But there was a time when literally your job consisted of being a professional gambler. So what do you make of the news this week? Of course, uh, legalizing sports betting uh, in a number of states coming up.
6: Well, I've got definitely have some observations and thoughts on it. Uh, for Louisiana House of Representatives had a big session about a month ago where they voted on three gambling things. They said no to sports betting, which is obviously it's a state's rights issue now. So Louisiana is going to have to change that if we're going to be able to sports bet in casinos and sports books here. But they voted yes. For DraftKings and Daily Fantasy. And so on November 6th, that goes to the Senate. So we're going to be able to play DraftKings soon. And they also changed the land based casino law that's going to make it more convenient for casinos. Uh, I, I don't like that they said no to the sports book thing. To me, I don't think Louisiana's House of Representatives, when they voted on that, had any idea that the Supreme Court was going to ratify it. I think they just said no and, like, you know, kind of tabled it for later. But obviously, I wasn't there. Uh, I think it's a big mistake, though, Aaron, and here's why. Louisiana's got the proximity to Texas. When you look at Lake Charles and how close that is to Houston, and you look at Bossier City and how close that is to Dallas, you could get so much Texas money over here in the sports bet. And uh, twenty-five. I saw an estimate of twenty-five to forty million dollars of revenue for our broke state, uh, for Louisiana, if they had ratified it. And I mean, we're in debt. You know, that seems like money. And we all know that people, if they want a sports bet bad enough, it's not like they can't do it anyway. So I, I thought that was a big mistake.
2: You have certainly spent more time in casinos than any of us, though. You see some of the souls that are in there. Uh, The road that this could possibly lead residents down, though, the path.
6: Well, I kind of think it's one of those things where it's so easy to just have these accounts and bet on your phone right now that, I mean, I know it's not legal, but, I mean, it's a very standard out-in-the-open thing. And that it's so convenient. I I think that people almost prefer that because if you go to a casino – you got to pull money out of your wallet and then get a ticket. And it's so much easier when you're just betting it on credit. But then that's when I think mm-hmm. it's more dangerous because if you get a couple of drinks in you on a Saturday, and the football game, the game's coming on, you know, you end up, you know, wanting to play some small bet. And by the time the game kicks off, you're like, man, you know, you end up – I've made mistakes and done that before where I end up putting more money on a game that I'd like just uh, because of that. That's kind of – I wish that I – w- I just wish they'd legalize it because people are going to do it anyway, you know. And so why not Louisiana make some more money and figure out our debt situation? That's kind of my point. Uh,
2: good stuff, Ben, as uh, people are coming through uh, the shreveport bossier area. How can they hear you on a daily basis?
6: Uh, I'm on 100.7 FM, the ticket from 3 to 6 o'clock. And I'd also like to mention before I go, uh, you mentioned the poker thing. I'm playing the World Series of Poker New Orleans main event at Harrah's tomorrow for the, nice. and, uh, for the first time since 2014. And I had the chip lead with 12 left in 2013, and I'll be honest, Aaron, I blew it. I got eighth place, and I screwed it up. And now I hadn't played it in four years. And, you know, went back to school at Ole Miss, built up this sports radio show, and I'm just very grateful for my opportunity to go back, be back playing the high stakes poker. I'm south uh, again, and I'm playing the World Series of Poker main event July 4th in Vegas. So hopefully I'll come Gosh. back, and that'll be some good radio stuff to talk about, too.
2: For sure. Good luck. And, of course, uh, we'll be rooting for you. Ben, we'll uh, talk to you soon. but Thank
6: you,
2: I'll, I'll. Ben Mintz.
3: So we were gonna, we had so much stuff today that we didn't do this, but we were gonna look at do our ESPYS for the high school football. Will that moment with Ben Mintz make your list somehow? It's
2: not exactly in our area, but it's still you can make it's an exception. Gold. It's gold. <laughs> I think it would be better radio if we could somehow get a hold of that angry Cajun and then have Mintz on at the <laughs> yes. same time. Not like a reenactment, but, you know, we could be like the would moderators ben, and we could try to bring them together.
3: Would Ben get a word in?
2: I don't know. I, I just would like to talk to that guy and how agitated to to he guy. was.
3: Yes, absolutely.
2: I know you all the right. Ra- I can't even do it justice. <laughs> no. Can you keep know. it down up there? And I could just see Ben, you know, stomping and having fun. And then, of course, you heard Ben there kind of backtracking. Well, heck, if you took a slap to the back of his head and his shoulder, I can understand you'd be a little rattled.
3: Sure. Airline <laughs> takes the lead. <laughs> he went from that level I, I,
2: I, I, to, of course, the golf voice. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Mm. Uh, we got some headlines to go through, including uh, an eventful night in college baseball last night. And Joey Trappe joins us for his weekly visit at 845. Still time for you to weigh in, though, on the Stuart Shelby hotline slash text line 888 993 7762. We're back after this on the morning drive. So during the break, uh, literally, Jake was the most excited that I've seen him in literally weeks. Probably the last time Warren Guerrero made a visit to our studio.
3: Anytime you say, go get the door. (laughs) You're like a trained dog. I'm like a puppy, just (laughs) wagging my tail. I know it's coming. Shout out to Warren for being the best.
2: He's supplying some breakfast today. Very nice.
3: Very, very nice. Um, We got some text to get to before we rehash some headlines. Uh, an unnamed Texas Claiborne Academy won game two, two to nothing yesterday, and then came up just short in game three, six to five, to finish runner up in MAIS Class A. Future Bright only have one senior.
2: Congratulations to them.
3: Uh, ben says, Our broke State, quoting the classic Ben Mintz. Uh, and Richie says, Unfortunately, I don't remember too much about Texas USC.
2: Go back and watch it. Yeah, you, you need, need to. to.
3: YouTube it, yeah, for sure. Uh, he says the best game to me was that second overtime championship between Miami and Ohio State, which was – that was that would have been the 2002 championship. That was a great game uh, as well. But I put Texas U.S.C. above that. Hmm.
2: wonder why he doesn't remember much about Texas U.S.C. I don't know. Maybe,
3: you know, I hmm. don't know.
2: Greatest game ever.
3: I agree. I, I haven't – and honestly, I think it's always a compliment to a game if something makes me – question if it's better and that i'll say this the alabama georgia game did make me question it it made me compare the two and say and i still side with texas usc but i just
2: go back to the build-up for that game the and up. the conversation about usc and it, it seems like every year we hear this you know this alabama team that you know they could beat the, the cleveland browns and that right that week going into that i mean they were comparing this usc squad to literally the greatest teams in the history of college but, football
3: they were doing the same for Miami as well, you know. During that era, they were doing the same. And I still think that Miami 2001 team, I might still give them the edge as the best college football team I've seen. Now, I'm not as old as many of you, but as far as my eyes, I, I don't think – you look at go look at that roster. Look at that defense. That was so nasty. Look at what those guys went on to do in the NFL.
2: How will the uh, area baseball teams be remembered after this year? A couple of headlines from last night. ULM's losing streak to the Cajuns continues. They put up a huge fight, but ultimately they lose in 10 innings. A walk-off home run by the Raging Cajuns. They win 4-3, a heartbreaking loss for the Hawks. They have now dropped 23 straight to the Cajuns. That dates back to 2012.
3: But they did lose by one run the sixth time over these 23 games, and... I'll stick to my prediction. They will break the streak over these next two days.
2: Jake, this is really the shocking news of the day. Jake believes that ULM's chances of beating the Cajuns this weekend are actually better than LSU against Auburn over the course of the next two days.
3: I do. I really do. I I think ULM has uh, the bats, right? I think they have the bats to go off on one of these games and, and still a game away from the Cajuns. Now, I, you can talk about mindset. That was a gut-punching loss yesterday. Can they rebound from that? You can also talk about is it in their heads that they've suffered all these losses against the Cajuns. Yeah, I think that those are some worthy things to bring up. That said, I still don't ha- – I, I think it's more so that I don't have enough faith in the Cajuns to go three straight games without uh, – Exposing itself and and opening the door for ULM to steal a game away, and ULM almost took that game away from them last night. Yeah.
2: They certainly had an opportunity at the top of the tenth. Of course, they got the go run, uh, the go ahead potential go ahead runner on third base with only one out, unable to push him home. The bigger statement you said there, and I thought you were going to go there, the fact you don't have faith in LSU as yeah. they drop a game to Auburn, and, and it wasn't even close. And now you start looking at the Tigers, and we continue to talk about the at-large resume. Uh, A lot of pressure on this team. If they go in there and get swept this weekend.
3: Well, it's like because they lost yesterday, now today becomes ginormous. And if they lose today, tomorrow's game becomes even bigger. So it's like the pressure just mounts as as they go and go and go until they actually break through and win. And the fact that they're going up against Casey Mize tonight, why would I be confident in LSU winning that game? Why should anyone be confident? I mean, Casey Myers has proven all season long that he is one of, if not the best pitcher in college baseball. So that said, Mikel Hilliard, you know, the last time Mikel Hilliard had a really bad outing, he recovered and had his best outing of the season. Remember, maybe he can do the same this week. I think that's what LSU fans are hoping, that maybe he can – refocus and, and go out there and get that breaking ball working early because that's always the key. If it's not working early for him, he's in trouble. So hopefully that he can do that and you can maybe squeeze out a, a, a really low-scoring game tonight. And if they don't, pressure's on tomorrow because you've got to win at least one of these games, right? Mm-hmm. Got to. I mean, you're right there on the cuff. You, you know, it's not guaranteed. No matter – if you don't win a game this series – you look at the SEC tournament. Do they have to win three games? You know, that's the question. Do they have to? I mean, I mean, you automatically have to win two, and and that might not be the case if you if you take one against Auburn. But then now you're talking about is it two or three games that you have to win?
2: I'm looking to see on I'm on WarrenNolan.com if they've updated uh, their RPIs. Right now they have LSU at 47, and of course Louisiana Tech at 53. Knew the Bulldogs weren't going to get a lot of help. Of course, uh, they need to continue to win, but the fact that they're squaring off against Old Dominion this weekend.
3: That, that sounds that sounds like Tech dropped some. Wasn't Tech at 51? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, so uh, that does sound updated.
2: Uh, this is updated because they have Louisiana Tech's record now at 36-18. and 18. Ah, man, I mean, we're looking stuff. at a Diamond Dog squad. that can literally take care of business this weekend. They'll get to the 38 wins. You win a couple games in the Conference USA tournament, you're looking at a 40-win season.
3: Yeah, yeah, but it's it's one of those things where if it comes down to LSU and Tech, LSU's going to get the nod. You know they are because they have the, the fans. The, I mean, when you think of college baseball, there are five different schools you think of. And LSU's I know one it was a midweek
2: schools. game, but head-to-head. Yeah, uh, so that's it. Off that Tech. as well. Uh, the dogs do take care of business last night, and they do in a big way against Old Dominion. They win eleven to three. David Leal just continues to get it done. Everybody talks about him not having dominating stuff, but for literally a majority of the season, 90 percent of the times that he's made a start, he goes out there and gets it done. Only seventy six pitches in uh, seventy innings of work. Only gives up what I think one earned run in this ball game. Uh, they went eleven to three. The big story, of course, at the plate: Parker Bates and Steele Netterville, with four RBI apiece.
3: Yeah, and Tyler says Southern Miss lost to UNO, and that dropped Tech's yeah. RPI. Yeah, we already saw that though. That already affected it. So Tech has dropped two more places since then. So I don't, I don't know what, what caused that.
2: Uh, big news from the SWAC tournament: Grambling with a huge victory yesterday down there in New Orleans. They beat the best team from the East uh, Mississippi Valley State. So that means they now have two wins in SWAC play. Puts them in a good spot. If they can take care of business tonight... Uh, they're in the driver's seat to win that swag tournament. Yeah,
3: they'll, they'll face the winner of Alabama State and Prairie View A&M, and they already had that win against Alabama State. So, like you said, they are in the driver's seat. Things are looking good for the Grambling Tigers.
2: Uh, really starting to, to rip the cover off the ball. A number of players with big hits in this game. Rafael Ramirez leading the way. He was three for five, a pair of doubles. He had four RBIs in the win. A great name, Ace Fielder, went four for four for the Tigers also as they scored eight runs over the third and fourth innings to knock off Alabama State 12-7. to So now we look forward to, of course, a, a big uh, night in college baseball, regular season wrapping up on Saturday. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, Joey Trappe joins us for his weekly visit, plus our parting shots. Welcome back to the show. It's now time to figure out what we're eating this weekend and also to get the weather forecast. It is Joey Trappe mm-hmm. for his weekly visit on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. What up, Joey Trappe?
4: Good morning, guys. How are y'all? Uh,
2: let's start with a tough one. Uh, a, a nice weekend to come and hang out on, on the Traps patio, perhaps, balcony?
4: Oh, yeah, man. It's going to be some, some great weather out there. Uh, patio's been a, a hot spot all week, man. Uh, people are really coming out and sitting down on that patio and, and hanging out for a while. So um, I think we've got a horse race coming up, and we um, we should uh, have a, a, an eventful weekend uh to say the least
2: you've been uh evaluating of course all the formulas and all the, the diagrams the chance of rain this weekend low <laughs>
4: yeah pretty low i think it comes in here sunday so i think uh, we'll be okay today <laughs> and tomorrow but um, you know the weather, weather is certainly a, a big factor in the restaurant business man and it looks like we're gonna look up and get some good weather this weekend
2: all right crawfish what am i looking at is it dwindling down man
4: Is the one on the down got about three weeks left so um if you if you're trying to get a last minute fix then i suggest you hurry up and get over to crawfish city uh that's the only place we're uh serving them up right now so um you know i would definitely make my way there this week the the crawfish are still great i mean they're still very good size maybe just a little bit hard but um you know they they're still very tasteful very very big and and we've got plenty so um You know, I I think if um, if you're in the mood for some crawfish, I would definitely hit us up this weekend just because we're not sure uh, how many more weekends pass, about two more weeks we're going to be rolling.
2: Joey, you always have a unique perspective because literally you get to watch people watching sports a majority of the week. How does it play out for a race Kentucky Derby? Are people watching the pre-race coverage in the field house or is it just... When the race goes off, everybody's glued for those two minutes, and then that's pretty much it.
4: That's about what it is, man. I think it's a reason to come and hang out before. Um, but, but they're really not. Uh, I mean, you might have the two guys that are, are, are putting a good wager on it, like locked in to seeing what's all being said about what horse ate what that morning and how much sleep he got the night before. But, uh you know mainly it's just uh and even part of the race it's probably not till the like the last turn where people really start watching it but um, it, it it's it's a fun time of the year man it's fun to watch those horses and and, and you know just seeing people get into it that might have put five bucks on a horse that's 60 to one and you know it's just uh it, it's a good time and it's something we look forward to
2: Talked about Crawfish City and, of course, uh, Traps, the Fieldhouse, and uh, Portico. How's the uh, brunch still going on Sundays?
4: Yeah, man, brunch is going really good. Um, we've got some good brunch items that were are able to get out there quick. And, um, you know, talking about watching the races and doing all that, you know, Portico's turned into that little venue as well with those big old 60-inch TVs we put in there. And we, uh, we're very proud of the menu we we're putting out. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're starting to fill that that place back up and just uh, get back to its old ways. We have music on Thursdays and Fridays now, so um, if you're looking for a little live entertainment, uh, Portico's got live music every Thursday and Friday. Uh, Jordan Shepard plays tonight, so it should uh, should be another good crowd tonight. And we're just looking forward to everybody getting out in England and enjoying the night.
2: As always, Joey, we enjoy the conversation. We'll see you uh, this weekend, but. That was good, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Jake. I hope you're ready to finish strong this week. It is Parting Shots. Teacher, what kind of flam flam operation y'all running up there, man? Our Parting Shots may make you think a
0: little. You all speculate and create things, and then you want people to respond to it.
2: Nothing is off limits. Sorry if you're offended by that. Just trying to, just
4: trying to be cooperative and help you out.
2: We take aim at some of the bad boys. Oh my! Five one five zero. Oh, somebody call the pit hole. Pucker up! Uh, ain't nobody got time for that. It's time to show your host some love.
0: Spectacular group of men. You go
2: find them. You throw your arms around them. You give them a big kiss on the mouth if you're a girl. Our parting
1: shot. Oh baby, you can have your five hundred million dollar jackpot in Powerball or whatever the heck it was, but I'll take this baby.
2: I haven't heard that one in a while. That was good, Tabor.
3: It was good. Um, you said, I hope y'all are ready to think in that parting shot. So let's think a little bit. Uh-oh. All right. So I got to thinking about the future of sports watching. And, you know, everyone knows we're heading toward the streaming world. Mm-hmm. So that that isn't <laughs> bode well for you, Aaron. But, uh, you well, know. It depends.
2: It depends how we capitalize on that.
3: No, I meant watching. I wasn't
2: talking. Oh no, I I understand where you're going. I mean, you're millennials. I mean, they're not. They're it's not programmed where they're going to sit down and they're going to watch the news every single night at six and ten o'clock.
3: But I meant um, as far as like logging on (laughs) and watching it. That's now I I know where you're going. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, you know, Amazon has a good thing going. Netflix, of course, Hulu, yada yada yada. Um. Disney's going to unveil something soon where everybody's going to especially if you have kids, you're going to need to get the Disney thing cuz you're going to get all the Disney movies and of course you can entertain your kids with that. The question is when, you know, ESPN's unveiling it's ESPN Plus, which right now isn't a great sale, but I'm starting to notice that they're starting to put real focus into it because yesterday uh, MMA's leading journalist, Errol Hawani announced that he has now joined ESPN. Mm. And in that announcement, he said that he will have some shows on ESPN+. So, going out and getting the best, there's, it's, he's the undisputed best journalist in MMA, going out and getting him to help promote this ESPN+, it tells me that this is the beginning stages, and I feel like eventually because cord cutting is a real thing, they will eventually have their sports to offer on an app and how much will that app cost? Now, a lot of people like to hate on ESPN. It's just because of their political views and whatever. I mean, their hot take shows, I get it. But you can't really be a hardcore sports fan and not have some type of access to ESPN. Meaning, whether you have cable, whether you have a friend's watch ESPN login or or family members, some way you have to have access to watch ESPN because they still do, I mean, they they have the national championship game, college football. They have Monday Night football. They have all kinds of stuff that they offer that if you're a hardcore fan, you need to have access to, right? So I just started thinking about the the future of of sports, and I think I, I, I really I think most people looked at that erawan. Higher and we're just like okay whatever, but I looked at that as okay ESPN's starting to lay the groundwork. My question to you is, I know that's a whole lot of talk to get to this question. My question to you is, how are we two or three years away from everything being available on an app where you can pay? You don't have to have a a cable uh, subscription like you do now, where it's kind of like uh, you know HBO made its move. From HBO Go to HBO HBO now, where I think you pay like $15 and you get everything on HBO. You don't have to have a cable subscription. Are we two or three uh, years away from that and how will that impact cable? Mm.
2: I think so. Less than two or three years.
3: Less than two or three years. So my question is, do people who hate ESPN purchase it? Mm. Does this is is ESPN going to be able to adapt like all these other companies did? And thrive in this environment, which I think they can, or will their bad reputation hurt them and this sinks the ship? That's just a couple of questions I had. And I'm not, nobody has an answer to it, but I just wanted to get your opinion on that.
2: Uh, The most important question that came up this week do you hear Yanni or Laurel? (laughs) Isn't it weird how something like this uh, just captivates the country and it's literally for a week or two? And the best line of the week involving this huge debate this week, mm-hmm. Charles Barkley. I thought I heard Donut.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was to good. Barkley to put it in perspective. That was good. Um, and I listened to it. I I, didn't, I think I heard Laurel, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> what did you hear? Uh, Laurel. Okay. Uh,
2: we had a fun week. Let's try to do it again uh, next week, unless Jake has a baby over the weekend.
3: Yeah, in, in, in case.
2: Lane, I think Mar- Lane Martin will be on the Lane. Ring. Yeah, you're Lane gonna Lane name, Kiffin uh, Martin. Yeah,
3: the, the love
2: affair that you have for Lane Kiffin, I I just imagined you, that you would name your son Lane.
3: Lane Kiffin Martin. That's the, that's got a ring to it, Aaron. <laughs> oh, see, you're all in. That's the best name of suggestion. all the names I've
2: come up with. Maximus Martin, and you're gonna take Lane that's Kiffin the over that.
3: Best name suggestion you've given me. Mm,
2: better than Misty. Better than Mint.
3: <laughs> yes, way better. <laughs> Steel Martin wasn't bad though.
2: Steel Martin, yes, that is strong. Mm -hmm. That is a player. That's a future Aaron's Ace. That's right. That's right. All right, we'll be back uh, bright and early Monday morning. We think Uh, the Edge is coming up next. We can guarantee that. Everybody have a fantastic weekend. By the way, Rick Mocklin has justify and good magic one two. If you just want to lay down some money,
3: there you go. And Jake
2: over here, Jake's over here, is putting uh, his. uh, Life nice savings on LSU and the six and a
3: half. Years. All $100 of it. That's right.
2: <laughs> Everybody have a great weekend. We'll yell at you Monday morning.
0: Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and white to listen live every day. Tune in at ESPN 977com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.